0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media.
1: And marriage is something so beloved to God and so um, really, really despicable to our enemy. He hates marriage. And God loves it. And we love marriage because God does. And so we're going to just dive into some, some helpful and practical things about marriage. And uh, for the, you, those of you that are joining online uh, tonight or whenever you do, uh, we just believe for us all it's going to be a really rich time uh, who we have in our discussion tonight is Pastor James and Pastor Jenny. Uh, they have been with us for—I was going to say forever, but that hasn't been. But anyway, since the beginning of the church, and and um, uh, pastorally are just so integral to uh, Rama Family Church, and such a such a blessing. And you've been married for how long?
2: Forty-six years this year.
1: Woo! all right.
2: 46 happy years.
1: That is a great, great thing. And so 46 years, don't you reckon that they have something to say about marriage? And so uh, we're going to look at some things um, in reality about living 46 years together and being able to arrive uh, to go beyond 46 days, 46 weeks, 46 months, and get into 46 years. Wow. That is wonderful. So, and then we have Caleb and Chantel Jones, and uh, they are so beloved to our church and have served in different ways here, and we just so cherish them, their devotion to God and their devotion to one another, and so... Uh, they are soon to experience the joys of a tiny little one. And we're just so thrilled for the Joneses. We're just absolutely over the moon about this. And how long have you guys been married?
3: Uh, six years.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yay. So don't you love this? Because this is, this is so real and practical. We have 46 years. And then we have six. And do you know there are things that are so um, amplified in these six years that we're going to need to hear. And so I, I love this. We're going to have a great time together. But can we just pray before we get going, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the privilege of, uh, of approaching this really sacred subject together. And uh, we just thank you for the accumulative years of wisdom and for the -the in-the-moment wisdom that you've given both of these couples. I thank you, Father God, for the the devotion that we know that they have to you and what we know they have to one another. And so we just... um, yeah, we just pull up to this wonderful table and and uh, enjoy this wonderful conversation of wisdom on marriage in Jesus' precious name, Amen. Well, um, the first thing that I'd like to just ask, and I'll ask these questions. I just have just a few questions, and I'm ask them both because I would, it'll be good to hear their perspective, but. Um, yeah, is there a perfect marriage? And uh as a, like a little spin off of that question, did you go into marriage thinking it was going to be perfect or was there a revelation of aha, this is not perfect? But uh, tell us about uh the perfect marriage. You guys can start off.
0: Well, I think as you, you said initially when you first meet and uh, you know, engagement you think that things are going to be really good and you enjoy and once you get married of course it's um it is those first few years you think wow this is good even though there are adjustments but it feels like it but i i can't say that it is a perfect marriage but with god's help uh, his inclusion in your marriage it certainly is an advantage
1: advantage not perfect yeah, not perfect. Okay, okay go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, when I think back to our early, the early years, mm. we, you have sort of rose-coloured glasses about what Hollywood portrays as the perfect marriage and then you get married and you find that, you know, I didn't get him from a Hollywood movie, nor did he get me from a Hollywood movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the years and 46 years down the track, um, it's like saying, is there a perfect pair of shoes? You know, So you go to the shops and you see this gorgeous pair of shoes that go, oh, that's perfect for me. You put them on and they hurt. My perfect pair of shoes are a pair of old slippers that I've worn for years and they're so um, conformed to my feet that they're so comfortable. So um, is, is ours a perfect marriage? I don't know. But certainly it's perfect for me. And and I think that after 46 years we're very comfortable with each other, and the years of work means okay, maybe not perfect, but extremely well fitted and extremely comfortable. I think that's about as perfect as I like it. To yeah,
1: be. over the years you become form fitted yes. to one another. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, what used to wear, what used to uh, make and rub blisters, now has has now conformed and yeah, it's smooth. Wow. We can just endure the blister stage and get into the comfort. Tell us about your perspective on that. Could you?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, So, I guess in dating, there was a big question in my mind around how do I love, and this this took me a little while to figure out, how do I love uh, God at the same time as how do I love my wife or my Mm, my girl, my girlfriend? And... um, it puzzled me because I was like, "Well, hang. If I love God with all my heart, where does where does the the girl fit in?" And it really <laughs> it really um, it took me on a on a bit of a stress, and I was oh. trying to figure out. And I, you know, read scripture, scripture and sermons, and and I was praying about it. And I really believe the Lord showed me something, and um, it was a revelation. and, and it's what we have started with. And when Chantal and I started dating, I, sh- I shared with her this revelation, uh, and um, it fit her quite nicely. <laughs> but um, the revelation I received was, and I'm going to say something. So there's a saying out there, and this was another thing that was puzzling my mind at the same time. The saying is, God is number one. We all probably have heard the saying, God's number one. Mm-hmm. And that was going, and you know, how do I, how do I, you know, where's my wife and, and, and you know, all that, and, and how does it work? And yeah. Vibe-y. And I sort of, I had this revelation that, uh, and this is where it gets a bit, uh, now I'm going to say something and I'm going to fix it. Okay. Okay. Okay, it. okay. We're with you. We'll hang on. <laughs> I realized, this is the scary bit, that God's not number one. I'm going to fix it now. Okay. Yeah. Just hold on a second. God's not number one. He's not number one. And I disagree with that statement that God's number one, okay? Because the Bible showed me, the Holy Spirit showed me something. The Bible says that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And He died for the church. He paid the ultimate price for the church. And so the word husband to me is a serious title. It's not just something we should take lightly. It's actually, there's, there's, there's responsibility, there's weight behind that yeah, title. And I was showing this with Chantel about how, um, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. There is a, res- there is a seriousness with the word husband. Mm-hmm. And Christ, and so I thought to myself that, num- that number one spot is actually reserved for your spouse, for your wife. Oh. And God... Should not be referred to as a number. He's bigger than a number. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Mm. Mm. He is Lord over your life, mm, and I like if that. He is Lord over your life, this is the revelation I got. You will find Him in every single number in your life. That's very good. And um, I shared that with Chantelle and and it, it, and and she was, and, and you know, and we started that relation, our, our relationship with this, mm. that that. That if, if 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 I put her as number one in my life, mm. uh, through that, um, of course we've had problems. Of course we've had issues. We've we've had arguments and disagreements, like everyone. But I believe there are times where where there is seasons of like a perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. There is there is moments where you just enjoy each other. Mm. And if I keep Chantelle as number one in my life, my my full attention is on her, and. Um, and uh, yeah I won't go into it because I don't want to get into a, a, a preachy yeah. <laughs> but but I, it was just a revelation I got and we started off this and 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 I guess um, for me that's sort of what I thought about a perfect marriage is my my wife is number one hmm. in in my life and God is lord over my life I don't I don't know if...
4: okay I, that's good that's good I I think that's so cool, but it did horrify me before you cleared it off when you first explained to me too, but I think in, in every aspect then, you know, maybe in your priorities your career might be next, or um, extended family or hobbies, and it means God can be lord over each individual, one of those things, uh, rather than if he's number one, that sort of puts him in a box, maybe that's in your devotion time, but then you don't, you know, he's, he's not lord over your work. Yes.
3: It's, it's actually spot on with what, with what your message was this morning, that you can take him into and, and be that light into the workplace and, mm-hmm. into, and into, your, into your world as well. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: That's Absolutely. good. Yeah. So, yeah, is there a perfect marriage? Uh, I, like, I, I think, leaving the ideal, leaving the Hollywood, leaving the movies, leave it and let the Lord lead it. Right. So, wow, I think that is really, really good. Guys, let's look at um, some foxes, little foxes that ooh, uh, are particular. Um, and you can just be as transparent as you are able to be or willing to be. But some little foxes that could have wrecked or put a, put a rock in your shoe for your, for your... And let's go back over here to the Edisons.
0: I think initially when we first married, it's like you're having two people come together from different ways of thinking, ways of doing things from different backgrounds, to come together and to be able to um, be adapt, I suppose the word adapt to each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh, sometimes selfishness can rise up in our lives and, <laughs> and, and my right my right to do something, you know. And uh, so that, that type of thing takes time to negotiate together of how to work together in that area. So, so I think selfishness is is insisting on your own rights and Ooh. because I'm used to doing that. I got married at 28 and I'd had a fairly, you know, by myself I'd done my own thing, made my own decisions and I took on a young lady of 20 and uh,
1: <laughs> took on, I love that. <laughs>
0: yeah, and so that adapting together um, and be aware of, of that being my right, when you work together as a couple, it becomes us, not just one person.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, and I think the Lord led us to see this, is that when we first got married, we decided, before children came along or anything, that nothing... <laughs> would come between our unity and we decided that really basically from our wedding day didn't we that nothing would uh, and that commitment was put to the test many times Mm. especially when children come along (laughs) Um, and so holding fast to that unity and many times um, one or the other of us have had to go all right I yield I just yield Um, because you know that it's it's not going to you know the just having something between us was was going to, just, you know, the thin edge of the wedge. Right, right. But going back to the little fox, and I was thinking about there's so many things we could yeah. talk about mm-hmm. that could come between a marriage, but something that also the Lord showed me, and I really endeavoured to do this, was never to jest about my husband in public. Mm. You know, Australians, and, and I'm, a, I'm like that way, you know, I like to take the mickey out of people and... But the Lord said, don't ever do that with your husband. Mm. And so, you know, living with the man, there's to to honour him, I'll be like Noah, you know, the Noah's sons, one of his sons, which was was, um, Ham, wasn't it, who laughed at Noah's nakedness. But his other two sons covered his nakedness. And, you know, I would never, ever expose my husband's nakedness. Not literally, but, you know... Things about him, it's, I'm not talking about, you know, he abuses his kids and swears at me or anything. I wouldn't put up with that. But just he's his human, his humanness, his humanity. And so uh, I really felt in the Lord that I was to, to guard that, uh, to honour him. But then what I found is the more I, and I use the term talk it up, mm-hmm. but the more I talked up my husband in public... I'd go home and I'd go, yeah, wow. He, he actually is that man that I've been talking about. So, and it's not just saying to you, oh, darling, you're gorgeous, you're, you're handsome, you're intelligent, thank you, such a... Not just speaking it to him, but i go and tell other people what a wonderful husband, and he is a wonderful husband. But never to expose any naked, you know, not like, oh, you know, he picks his toenails or something like that. No, why do people need to know that kind of stuff and laugh at it? I will not do that. And he's been the same with me. So that's a, a little fox that can get in and spoil the vine. And, and before you know it, you've destroyed something that's really precious.
1: I love that. Selfishness, guarding against selfishness and protecting the honor and the dignity of one another. I'm loving this, guys. This is good. This is very good. All right, Joneses, take it.
4: Little foxes. I think a little fox for us at times has been the busyness of life. Okay. And I heard some research a couple of years ago by a man named John Gottman, I think, Mm -hmm. and he studies marital stability and divorces and predicting what marriages will end up being masters or disasters, he calls them. Mm. And one of the most prominent things that he said he uses to discern whether a couple's going to sort of make it in the long term or not is how they respond when one person bids for the other's attention, whether that be a little hand squeeze or something like, oh, isn't it a nice sunset this afternoon? And there's sort of three ways the other person can respond that can either be engaging with it, oh, yeah, that is a beautiful sunset, or squeezing back, and they could ignore it or grunt and whatnot, or they could even argue against it and say, oh, I've seen nicer, you know. And 86% of uh, the masters, the couples that made it decades and decades into marriage across their whole lives, uh, responded to the bids. And I think sometimes when you're so busy and there's so much going on in life, I know we found it's really easy to just, yep, okay, I've got to get this done and get to this place. And sometimes it's hard to stop and respond to those bids when you're in that moment. Mm. So for us it's been a journey of learning to make space for that and and especially for me to just be aware of that and be conscious am i stopping and responding to what caleb's saying or or what he's doing when he's trying to interact with me
1: wow that's a that is a good one Mm. it's very in the moment isn't it not just the vows on the wedding day it's very in the moment caleb
3: yeah so uh i thought about this uh question and um so a little background about uh, about me I, I've done a, um, some study in counseling and um, and while I was at um, that study uh, there was a lecturer in one of my lessons and she was talking about relationship advice and this was uh, I think we were just married and she was talking about sort of similar how uh, you know in the in the business of times um, the stress and and um, you know all sorts of things that can come how they they're, they're, they're um, and she called it free child. Okay, uh, now stay with me. So um, yeah, free, <laughs> free child, and um, and so Chantelle and I, um, and so and she began to explain what free child was. And she said sometimes, and it's a and it's a counselling. Uh, it's 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 her. Uh, it was her um, practice, sort of what she did with her clients. And she began to tell us what what she was doing. And she said. When couples came in. They were stressed. They were arguing. They were, uh, you know, bickering over one another. She would explain about free child and what it is. Is you just need to have fun. Go out. Enjoy yourselves. Go on a date. Um, you know. You know. Act like your child. You know. You know. Do something that you have not done before. You know. Go. You know skydiving you know you know do something extreme you know have 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 fun you know do make memories do something fun and we have done this in our marriage every you know there are some times where you know yeah life's happening and Chantel's come to me I said, let's just go and have some free child and I I, I completely understand what she's meaning and we just um, you know especially sometimes when money's tight or, or, or whatever it might be the, the stre- you know the stresses of finance and things like that that come Chantal said let's go and have some free child and you know even though we we might not have you know we might have preferred spend that money on something else we've said no we're gonna actually invest into our marriage it's more important and so we've done that and so um, it's something that we've we've learned and it's I guess, a way to avoid foxes from coming in, you know, to keep that marriage happy and, and exciting and, and fun. And so that's something wow. that, we've, that we've done.
1: Boy, I'm loving this. These are so good and so rich. Um, okay, let's look at another one. Uh, what two or three things have you found that have helped your marriage. Now, I know uh, we're already hearing, let's just contribute and build on that. All of these things are things that help uh, add to this.
2: Um, These tools, like Chantel mentioned about, you know, that tool of uh, how do you respond to your partner's bid, and that's learning to understand the way that they talk. Mm. The thing that really, I think, really helped me, along that many things have helped, I mean, 46 years, you pick up quite a few helpful tools but the one thing that impacted me was um, understanding love languages and uh, you know I grew up in a home my father was a very physically demonstrative so he would do a lot of touch you know I mean it was appropriate touch but a lot of hugs and and I'd walk past and he'd just squeeze my shoulder or pull my pigtails and then the other thing my father did was he was a gift giver and We, I grew up in a, a, money was very tight in the family where I grew up, but my father would take his last few pennies or whatever and he would go and buy my mother something and he'd bring it home and he'd give it to my mother and my mother used to say, Harold, his name was Harold, Harold, you could have bought bread and milk, (laughs) but no, he brought her chocolates and flowers. So I observed this, it was so sweet. I observed this growing up and I thought that's how husbands love their wives. So my father was a very good model in, in demonstrating affection. So then I married this this man who loved me with all his heart, but I didn't quite understand his language. Mm-hmm. And I would sometimes I remember can I tell them the story about yes, the birth? <laughs> One one year we were on holidays with the, with the kids and it was January and my birthday's in January and you know what it's like when you've got children, you're on holidays, routines are out and it came to my birthday and I thought, now I can do one of two things. I can either remind him that it's my birthday or I can not say a word and rub it in later, you know. <laughs> I can't even remember what I chose to do. But it, it, the thing was... <laughs> I'm so sorry, darling. But he's not a gift giver. It, it doesn't... And so I can remember our 20th... No, it was our 30th wedding anniversary. He says, oh, it's our anniversary on Saturday. We'll pop down the shops and you can choose something. <laughs> That's about as close as it got. Um, so little things like that. And I'm not telling story on him because I want to actually say, I learned about love languages... And so when I understood the way that I receive the language of love, I'd grown up with this gift-giving language, and then I married this man who, that was not his language, but acts of service, my goodness, this man has it down to a T. <laughs> he does. i got to get up on a Saturday morning, I've got to get up early to beat him to do the washing and the vacuuming. Or, and he goes and does the grocery shop, and he says, look what I bought for you. And I'm going, cauliflower? <laughs> you see, acts of service. So when I understood how his language was to me, acts of service, I went, this man loves me. He got up before me to put the washing on. the The, the rain clouds are coming over and he brought the washing in. You know, he cleaned out the pantry and labelled all the... <laughs> you should see it. I mean, it's... <laughs> It's glorious, acts of service. And I, so that helped me understand. Then I had to understand how did he receive love? Now, my receiving is by you know, if I, if I love you, I'm going to give you gifts. Whereas I can give him gifts. He's like, well, what do I do with this? But words of affirmation? I give him words of affirmation and he feels so loved. I hope you do. <laughs> he says, I'm telling the story. So this really helped, my, helped our marriage because all of these things that he was doing to show me how much he loved me was, was going right over here. And obviously, and, and it was probably happening the other way around too. And so now I've become multilingual with my love <laughs> languages, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, giving of gifts physical touch, just learn to speak them all. Wonderful. Multilingual.
1: Multilingual. James, what have you learned?
0: I think the thing I've learned, even though this story was good, um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, in in regards to partnership, I think it's so important that you're inclusive with your partner, that you don't have a separate life or a separate way of keeping things from or, or giving half, thing, like half messages, it's so important that our communication is clear and understandable and uh, so that our partnership together, in some marriages, demarcation. You know, the man says, well, I go to work, you do all the work at home. No, the, I think demarcation is not in part of the, the marriage. It's working together. Whatever's necessary to be done and you see it, you do it to help. Oh. And it's working together um, in that area. Yeah, so that's what I see. It's so important uh, in a marriage that it's not just, you know, I'm, I do this and you do that. No, Whatever needs to be done, we work together in our marriage and uh, we've come to the stage now of being so close together for so long that we think the same thing at the same time. And we come up, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I will come to, I think of something, some idea or something we need to do and Jenny says, well, I was just thinking that too. So that's how close in regards to working together.
1: Yeah. Mm. Wow. I'm glad this is recorded. This is worth going back over again. So valuable. So beautiful. Uh, We're going to look now at practical things to guard against um, the biggest monster against marriage. And I'm thinking that would be guarding the fidelity of a marriage. And um, so you guys really, all of the things that you've shared just in this last one and the one before, all of those things contribute to a healthy marriage that can ward off invasion, mm-hmm. that would try to break it apart, uh, that invasion of infidelity. But uh, honing in on that, could we uh, just hear some more? Uh, what, what can a couple do? What can, what can you do from your early years of marriage that guards against this ugly thing. Yeah.
4: Some practical things that Caleb and I have tried to put in place from the beginning um, are really simple things. Always wearing your wedding ring when you're out mm. in public, making sure that um, if you have a social media page that you there's a reference to your spouse on it. Maybe you have a picture together or... Mm. Um, that you've noted that you're in you that you're married on there because you're not trying to hide that from anyone who might be coming to have a look at it. Mm. Um, also just having access to each other's phones and laptops and devices and those very simple th- ways to keep accountability and I know at any time Caleb can look through all those things and, and I can for him mm. as well because, we don't have anything to hide, so we like to keep that out in the open.
3: Mm, yeah, yeah. In fact, our, our, our passcode on our mobile is the same. Um, so, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and, and we deliberately do that because we want to be open with one another. and We want to, you know, um, have that in our marriage. Um, uh, another thought that um, I've, I, I, I was considering with this particular question is around, um, uh, I guess it was uh, similar to what you were mentioning before, Pastor Jenny, about um, talking positively about your spouse. Uh, And I've noticed it in the workplace, and for some reason I feel like guys... It can be worse. Although Tells I don't know, yeah, <laughs> woman. <laughs> but I've 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 been in the I've been in the workplace, and I've heard so many other fellas complaining and whinging about their spouse or partner, and um, saying saying nasty things, uh, calling them all sorts of things. And I think it's really important that as as a husband and and wife, that you you almost you you know cheerleader your your spouse you know this is this is my girl you know and she is she's awesome and and even though you might be having a rough week we i've never once said a bad thing about chantelle she's and 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 i believe the same for chantelle with anyone and so i think it's really important no matter where you are and it aligns once again with your sermon this morning it's really important to 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 represent your wife and represent your partner in a very positive way wherever you go, uh, your workplace. Um, you know, uh, I've recently started a new job, and I've only been there three weeks. This will be my fourth week, and every single one of them know I'm married, know I'm expecting a child, know I have a dog. They they know they know every you know all my all my stuff because I'm very very obvious with it. I'm not trying to hide it. Trying to you know, and um, Chantelle baked a, a bunch of brownies and, and I brought them in, so they all know Chantelle. They even know <laughs> her name, Chantelle, and they and they um, yeah. So I think it's I think it's about that. It's about just representing your wife when they're not around, being 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 that positive and speaking positively about them. And so that's sort of what I thought, and you know, is a is a is a tool to um, avoid. That, that monster from coming and creeping in. Mm.
1: That is so, so, so good. Um, while we're still, I could reflect on uh, something that you gave, that you gave in, in, in answer to one of the other questions about um, when you're short on time and there's been a lot of tension on time that you actually invest into your marriage and, and bring it together. and. Um, and then there was something else that you added too about investing into your marriage. Um, So important that it does, you don't wait until uh, things are unraveling, that you can actually keep it in a healthy state by investing time to one another and talking nice uh, about and and to one another and so that somebody isn't, is it responding to the bids more than you? Yeah. No, I don't great. want. I don't want any other woman responding to bids that Tony gives. Mm-hmm. You know more than me, and um, I want to be. I want to be the one that answers him the most. So there can be a real gap if if we don't fill those things up. Excellent, excellent input, guys. This is so good. Okay, same thing.
2: Yes, yeah, just um, one of the things that's come up recently, and I've got there's just two things about monsters, but the, um, something that's come up recently, people talk about um, sexual preference. And I was talking with something, someone this week about, you know, people who have a sexual preference for male or female. And, and I said I said to this young, young girl, I said, yeah, my sexual pre- preference, I just, there's only one person. <laughs> you know, the, the, a lot of women go, oh, well, I've got a sexual preference for males. No, I don't have a sexual preference for males. <laughs> I've got a sexual preference for one man. <laughs> it's a, a man. And there's no other human, male or female, that I even consider. So I don't even think of what my gender preference is. I don't have a gender preference. I've got a human preference and it's... This man. So, you know, I think that these days, that was not an issue when we were first married, really, not public. It is an issue nowadays. People talk about their, you know, gender preference. But for people in our stage of life, 46 years down the track, I think, and we've seen this happen with um, people, you know, our peers, is the biggest monster uh, for your marriage is the empty home and and what it, what happens is when your children come along all of a sudden these these little ones delightfully so take your attention and we had four of them and it was life was busy and our whole life was f- focused not just on church but four children they were, they were busy days weren't they but we had to really make sure and I'm not sure it was only the grace of God I think we had to make sure that we did time together yes. that we we made times and Date nights, maybe once every six months <laughs> between kids and in those busy times. It was hard to find time. But we were aware of the fact that one day our children would all be gone. Then what have we got to talk about? And so we've seen numbers of our peers who's after 25, 30, 35, 40 years of marriage, they're, they're separating. And I'm thinking, you've done the hard yards. Why would you want to Why would you want to change now? But obviously because this relationship was not kept intact and these little ones here who got to be bigger ones and then come the grandchildren take all their attention. And so, you know, what you're saying about Chantel being number one, I know that I've always been number one in his eyes. I believe so. (laughs) He's taken the microphone (laughs) now.
0: But also adding to that, I think it's important that our relationship with the Lord yeah. is we continue to do that together. together. We pray together. As I said, uh, three what is it, a three strand cord is not easily broken. And we, we were committed from the time we were married to that that God will be part of our marriage and that we've continued. Yeah. Lord of our marriage. Yeah. Well, Lord and part. Yeah. Well he's part, the three parts. Here. And uh, so that I think that relationship with our heavenly Father, as well as together we do that together, has, has bonded us together more. I said more than just just us two. Yeah. Oh, I like,
2: like that. Because when we when we came together. <laughs> You know, it's where your gaze is, okay. So when we came together and we found each other's eyes, that was lovely. But what I saw is actually we were actually serving God. That was a that was our determined purpose together to serve God. And while it's been wonderful to be together on the journey and we do look into each other's eyes from time to time, it's nice. That is. Yes. <laughs> but you know, it was our our purpose together was another thing that That's kept right. us kept us together. And God,
0: and, and we believe that, you know, in my past relationships with ladies, because uh, I was in a band and, and I had a lot of relationships, and I got to the stage of saying, that's it, I've had enough, God, I've had enough of women, sorry, and I, I'm just going to serve you and then guess who comes along. And uh, we be- I believe that God chose Jenny to be my partner.
2: That's still tender to you.
1: When, um, when that thing that you started off with—that really a, a clarity—and I saw the same thing that uh, about the number one. Uh, when he is the Lord of your life, our lives and the seasons of our lives change. They just do. They change from single then to married then to Maybe babies, and then those babies turn into t- people. <laughs> those babies turn into children, and those children turn into teenagers. And then, then, then you think, well, your parenting is over when they marry. And then you think, oh no, it only began. And it's just as amazing how the seasons of life can change. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He. He really is the constant. And, um, oh, yeah, I would say that there is to have a healthy marriage from what we're all hearing. It would be near to impossible to have something that is truly, truly rich and rewarding for decades without him, without his blessing on it. Let's go to the next question. So, how do you keep the fires of love burning? Because uh, that's important. And so I think a lot of the things that all of us have contribute actually help the kindling under that fire. But uh, specifically, uh, uh, add some more into this conversation.
4: I was once listening at a conference, and the speaker asked everyone in the audience to have five seconds to look around the room and note all the blue things that they could in the room and then they had to close their eyes and he asked someone who had their eyes closed while their eyes were closed to list off as many red things as they could and they couldn't list a single red thing because they hadn't been looking for any of the red things and he made the point that you're always going to find and notice what you're trying to look for and I thought in my marriage... I want to look for the good things and so I started thanking Caleb for the most ridiculously small things that he'd do you know if it was just bringing over a cup of tea or washing up a plate after dinner or whatever it might have been thanking him thanks for bringing the bins in I say every Monday night thanks for bringing the bins in and I look and I try and say thank you for every thing mm. I can find that he's done because I want to always look for those good things and I know at times when I've slipped into looking for the for the negatives it's so easy to find just what you're looking for but when I'm looking for the good things and I'm thanking him all the time it keeps me in this it keeps my heart sweet and Mm. when I'm noticing those things I'm thinking about him in that positive light instead of looking for ways to catch him out
3: gorgeous that's good very Um, good and and because she started that in the marriage uh I kind of picked up on it as well. And then so I started, um, I mean, it took me a little while, but I started to <laughs> actually start thanking her as well. Um, and, and now we, we really, I don't know how many thank yous we say to each other in, <laughs> in a day, but we, we say thank you quite a lot. But um, um, I, I was, well, thinking about this little thing that we do when we say thank you to each other. Um, and uh, for me i I realize something for, for for us that just by simply saying thank you for the little things, it actually reinforces to me that she's special that this is you know I, I appreciate her you know um, she's my main you know a, 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 attention is is all around Chantel, just by simply appreciating her and thanking her and um it reinforces that to me, and so it stops. It's and 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 I actually really believe that by something so small, it can actually stop something so large and so ugly. It stops, you know, um, the possibility of of looking, you know, for for another area to find that uh, um, attention. Um, you know, stops trying to find. Um, you know, you know, I don't know. Yeah, uh, looking elsewhere because I'm so still focused on Chantelle. I'm, I'm appreciated, you know, you know, everything she does. And it just reinforces that to me. It reinforces that. And I believe it does the same for Chantelle as well. You know, um, it, we just stay so focused on one another. And I guess for me, that's what keeps this sort of the, the fire burning with us. You know, our attention is so focused on each other. And we think it's just simply just appreciating each other, just thanking each other for the very small things. Hmm gorgeous,
1: so, so good, Edison's, right. how, how do we do that?
3: Where do we start? <laughs>
0: um, I think one of the things is we always say I love you we, it's a constant thing all the time, is that right? That's true. Yeah, it's something which is, we've, it's, in some ways it's a habit but it's always a, a reinforcement of our love for each other. I love you, I love you, many times during the day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Yes, I think that's probably one of the main things, of the verbal. Um, I don't, I don't
2: know, I'm gonna, uh, no, I'm not going to take it away from you. Um, <laughs> it, it, just to, to add to that, the way you speak about your relationship, and I'm talking about sexual relationship, the way you speak about it has such an impact on the outworking of it. And it's, it's not, you know... It, anyway, so, yeah, your words. Your words are so important. The way you speak to each other, the way you speak to yourself, the way you speak to other people, your language, the way you talk it up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not ignoring issues. It's actually speaking things and they come into being.
0: Yeah, I think the other thing is that we... Now our children are kind of moved on. That we make sure that we have um, time together. Um, in, in busy times, we still have times where we will go get a coffee and go down to the bay, and we'll sit together and just talk and just enjoy. We call it. A, what, what do you got? Fifteen-minute fifteen-minute vocation. So we do that quite re- at least once a week. A lot more than that. Sometimes more. <laughs> Um, We spend time just having a coffee together and just being together. Mm -hmm. It's so important Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, we find that rewarding.
2: And intimacy is not not actually just having sex. It's actually being together and sharing. You know, the, the Bible says that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. And, you know, don't take too much in your imagination there, but... Just to be open and honest with each other. We can share things that, to, to speak to each other, it's very intimate what we talk about. Um, but I often say when talking about that, that um, intimacy doesn't start in the bedroom, it actually starts in the kitchen. <laughs> um, and so that what, that's what we've discovered, to this working together. We, we do things together, we do things together, and then the next thing you know, we're doing things together. So... Amen. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Did you have something else you wanted to add um, on that?
0: I think um, just to see ourselves as God sees us, as Mm -hmm. precious and valuable. Now, when we were first married, um, I was probably more involved in serving and I took that role. But over time, my wife, in her developing of her Christian or her calling, I value that. Mm. And I don't stop, you know, Mm. what are you doing? I'm going to do this and that. Well, I believe God blesses you if you let your partner Mm. fulfill her call or his Ah, call. It's very important. And I support that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm blessed as well Mm. because I'm letting Jenny do what God's called her to do and I think sometimes you can get resentful that you know, she's going out all again or whatever but knowing no she's doing serving the Lord and doing what God's called her to do and I think to value that in your marriage is important. I appreciate
2: that yeah and then the other I know we've got a lot I'm thinking about things that we've learned over 46 years you seasons of life ebb and flow you know ebb and flow and so you know, before we had children, you know, things were hot, and then children, then the children came along, and long nights, not getting much sleep. So that season affects your intimacy with each other. And one of the things I really appreciated about James was that he was very in tune with what my body was going through. Um, you know, with with having children, and then other seasons, and and then you know, vice versa. ...during seasons of life when health might be... Cha- you know, things change all the time. And so it was... He, it never, ever would, would he insist on his conjugal rights. It's like, let's just call a spade a spade. Well, or whatever. Um, because he understood where I was. And then I would be able to understand where he was. So it's this, this giving and... Ta- and it's all about giving rather than, than taking... But I think in this regard, and it's something that I discovered, was after having children, and I felt often a bit like a frump, you know. And I would say, oh, I feel like such a frump. And he said to me, you know, when you talk like that about yourself, I don't find you very attractive. I went, whoa. So I started to ask the Lord to help me with my self-esteem. Because if I saw myself as, you know, okay, I am the age I am. But if I had a better sense of my esteem before God and who he created me and he's created me, this is who I am. And I I rejoice in that before God, it changes his perspective of me. Does that make sense without getting, I don't want to get too um, descriptive but it helps. And conversely, if, he's, if he starts talking bad about himself, I go, wow, I never saw that. And he's not so interesting to me. But when he acts like the man and he's strong, I go, he's pretty hot. <laughs> Does that, is that making sense? So how you see yourself impacts the way your partner sees you and how they respond um, and so, anyway, that don't want to go on too long about that. No, that I think that's very, very valuable. So, an investment
1: into a marriage is also to keep investing into your own, your own, your own life, and your own life in God, in God yeah. and in His the way God sees you. It actually contributes to your marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh Joneses, do you want to do one last loop? Is there anything else you want to add?
3: Huh? You're all good?
1: Yeah. She's all good. Huh? I don't know if you to They're discussing.
3: <laughs> they, do things to give up.
2: they
1: Yeah, they do. I, I can tell that story. Okay, <laughs> yeah. she's going to tell a story.
4: <laughs> all
1: right, we're going to hear a story, <laughs> story from the Joneses.
4: When we got married and we started living together, I discovered that Caleb had an apple for breakfast every day. And I discovered this because every morning he peeled off the sticker and put it on the sink. <laughs> and every morning I'd come down and there would be the apple sticker on the sink again. Every morning I'd take it off and put it in the bin right beside the sink. <laughs> and this went on. Right
1: beside this. Did you hear that? Right beside he, the sink. He
4: wanted me to tell the story. Rebecca. Okay,
1: okay, here we go. I love this.
4: So, after about three months, I, I cracked it one day. I said, why are the stickers always on the sink? He said, oh, I didn't, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Well, there's never been a sticker on the sink
1: since. <laughs> <laughs> I really
4: kicked myself. Why didn't I just tell him sooner? Oh, that this yeah. had been bothering me. Oh, after the so second or good. third day, why didn't I say... Hey, it really annoys me when you put the stickers on the sink. Yes. Uh, maybe in a more <laughs> respectful way as well. Um, but that was probably the first first lesson uh, I learned being married. Right, way back at the beginning.
3: I, I think yeah, because I didn't realize because they just kept disappearing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'm to something right here. But I, I I I'll just add add to this last right. little bit. Um, it, it's a it's a it's a little tool, a, a quirky little tool, I guess, Chantelle and I have um, developed in our little marriage <laughs> since <laughs> since then. Um, we realized we needed something to um, to do if, if, if something was upsetting the other person. So it's a bit of a practical tool. And we developed this system. And so if, if, if I was upsetting Chantelle, Chantelle would come to me and say, Not in the heat of the moment. It was really important. We don't do this in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. Chantel comes to me and goes, I have some feelings. And if I... (laughs) I say it's it's quirky. (laughs) And then same with me. If something is upsetting me, I go to Chantel and I say, I have some feelings. And the person knows to just give complete attention, to listen, to not justify or say, but I did this, but just to completely listen to that person and we've realized it has it has um, it stops arguments it stops it's, it, it 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 um um uh enforces mature conversations and it recognizes and i think us fellas we we really struggle with feelings and 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 um, acknowledging how we're feeling and communicating that to our, I don't know, for, for me, I, I, a lot of people I've, I've talked to, um, young couples, struggle with communicating their feelings to their wives, their husbands. Yeah. And I think it's really important. And, and it's not a sign of weakness, but it's actually a sign of strength for a husband to say, hey, I'm feeling this way. And I think it's really important to do that. And we have found just that little technique has, has I believe, saved so much argument, so much... Um, you know, problems in our marriage just by simply going, "Hey, I, I've got some feelings," and then, and then, what's it? When it first. Comes up. Then, when, it first comes when, it, when it first comes up, you know, not to not to, you know, let it go on for months and months and months. When it first comes up, deal with it in a mature way, and it, and it's worked for us. So.
1: Hmm. I love that. Um, there were just a couple things that I wanted to highlight. One is. Uh, I love the constant learning that these couples have uh, referenced sometimes in maybe a a teaching that you've heard or uh, other, other research that you've made and you can see that intentional learning in this area and ongoing learning is so important, and God is always so ready to instruct us in this in this area of marriage, and so uh, the instruction starts immediately, and even before the wisdom starts, because with wisdom is a house built, and that wisdom can come daily. I love uh, the wisdom that, that we've heard tonight. Uh, a few times I, I got tears, you know, I just, it's really pretty tender. And beautiful um, honesty and openness in marriage I'll add this little little story uh, my my parents um, daddy was telling telling us this when we were uh, all together just recently and they've been married uh, about the probably 65 years going on 65 years and uh, two years ago my mother found out that um, uh, she's. She always would cut the grapefruit in half and then cut the sections. She did that for us kids uh, when we were little. But she also cut the sections for daddy. Uh, and he told her two years ago, he said, uh, Ginger, uh, would you stop doing that? <laughs> she, he, he said, I've never liked it when you cut the grapefruit like that. He said, I can cut my own grapefruit, and I would prefer to. Can you imagine? So I'm just saying kudos on you guys <laughs> you came up and that we're finding out things. And really, the sooner that there can be open openness and honesty, uh, you sure wouldn't want to start unraveling over uh, cutting grapefruits in your marriage. But uh, again, it's it's just it's utilizing every everything that we've heard tonight. Oh man, I want to go back over here and and listen to this. And uh, Tony and I have a beautiful marriage, but it is so precious to us. We want to uh, invest and continue to invest into it. One last thing that I want to also add. Um, you guys have four children. You have a one on the way. And um, we've also talked about God being the Lord, Jesus being the Lord of the, of the marriage. Um, and also about the number one, about the value of the husband or the wife. I've seen sometimes, and I can see how it happens in marriage, when children replace the spouse, and the affection and all the effort that goes, that used to go into a a husband and wife relationship gets shelved, and everything goes into the child, and actually, that's child abuse. (laughs) I know that's a really strong thing, but uh, the best home that a child can grow up in is one where the mom and dad... Are solid yeah. together yeah. so it, it is not um, it does not diminish love from the child when you keep investing into one another's relationship it actually is a way that causes that child to have the greatest security and the greatest uh, advantage and opportunity in life is when daddy says loving words to mama and when mama says loving words to daddy in front of the kids. And, um, and also behind, you know, in, in private too. Praise the Lord. Guys, this has been so good. Thank you so much for opening up your marriages to us. We know that you have good ones, But tonight, this has been wonderful. Really, really a feast. God bless you all. Blessings on the marriages that are represented here, the marriages of Rhema Family Churches, the marriages of those that are watching online. I believe God is using marriages to his glory. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.
0: If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please
3: visit our website at www.brainer.org.au